0: Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring.
1: You're to get bored by baseball. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you, you, you. still have pro men run around tight pants.
0: It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. there's Saul
1: Lamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. And Frazier drills one, deep into right field, Shohei who? Adam Frazier, hits the flag court, gives the Orioles the lead, and ignites the bath on a blast against Otani. Well, how about you, Adam Frazier, huh? That's his fourth home run of the year already, he only at three last year in the entire season. And the party is on in the splash zone. All right, baseball isn't boring because of home runs and home run calls. And this is a new thing we're going to do on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. The best home run call of the day. And we're going to give that one today, Kevin Brown of Masson. Adam Frazier going deep in the same game, by the way. Otani hit one for about 800 miles. But still, I love, I love, I love, I love the punctuation of that. I believe that was Ben McDonald as well. So, congratulations. First home run call of the day to those guys, Adam Frazier lot going on today in today's podcast. Thank you, FanDuel, for sponsoring. Thank you, FanDuel, for jumping in. Thank you for everybody who's listening. Subscribe, rate, review. Listen, at BB isn't boring. When I say a lot's going on, I mean a lot's going on. And there's a lot going on in baseball. And there's also a lot going on in this podcast because of a great conversation that we had earlier today. Sean Mullen. Sean Mullen who is the director and writer of It Ain't Over, one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long, long time. We caught up with Sean, and that, of course, is about Yogi Berra. But before we get to that, just wait one second. Just wait one second, because we want to give you the here and the now in baseball, the here and the now in baseball. What everyone's going to be talking about today is Aaron Judge just peeking over the Yankees dugout, it appeared, and then hitting a home run. Well, let me, let me let me play this for you from Buck Martinez and Dan Shulman of Sportsnet. You don't want to go, you know, throwing allegations around without knowing, but... No. And you know what? Yeah, I I have had guys look back when I was catching, and and you obviously could see it, and he he couldn't see the catcher with the way he was looking right there. Yeah, just did it again. And he pummeled it. He hit it a country mile for his second home run of the night. Third time this season, and Aaron two homers in a game, and once again, he's looking at something, and then the next move is that powerful swing, and he blasts one to center field. I've not seen that before with him. No. I've not ever no. seen that. And we've both seen him it was, yeah, it was, a lot. Do I you mean, think he's trying to see if he can see Kirk, if Kirk's away... Yeah, um, I you know, I it's know. more likely to be a slider if Kirk's in and he can't see him. It's more likely to be a fastball. But the way his head was, I don't know that he could see the catcher just looking like that. Yeah. So anybody who goes on social media can see Aaron Judge peeking over, looking over, clear as day. His eyes go over to the Yankees dugout and a couple different times and then focus on the pitcher and then hits a mammoth home run. What was he doing? Well, Aaron Judge said after the game, he was looking over the Yankees dugout to see who was chirping, who was yelling, saying, hey guys, enough of the yelling. That's what Aaron Judge was saying. Uh, The the people from the Blue Jays were suspicious. This is going to get more and more people talking. But Aaron Judge had an explanation for it, so there. Well, speaking of Yankees, as I said, don't want to bury the lead here. Speaking of the Yankees, Yogi Berra. All right, so I had a view of Yogi Berra before I talked to Sean Mullen of It Ain't Over. Like I said, one of the best documentaries I've seen in a long, long time. It's going to be coming out everywhere on Friday already in New York and Los Angeles. I had a er, perception of Yogi Berra. When I got finished with the documentary, I said, there's only one way to title this podcast. And it's, we may have found... The most underappreciated player in baseball history, and that's all there is to say. I I came away from this, as I told Sean, I came away with this this, with the heart rate at running through the roof. Not even it was great; it was absolutely great. I wanted to go out and do something creative. I wanted to go out and find something that I didn't know about. Those are the greatest documentaries. Those are the greatest movies. All right, well, anyway, we were really, really privileged to sit down with Sean and talk through about the making of It Ain't Over, uh, the story about Yogi Berra, about Yogi himself, and just about a lot of different stuff. It was a good conversation with Sean. All right, thank you, everybody, once again, for subscribing, rating, reviewing, listening. Here you go. Sean Mullen, director, writer of It Ain't Over. All right, well, baseball isn't boring because of a uh, gentleman like the one joining me now, Sean Mullen, director, mm-hmm. writer of, and Sean, brace yourself. I'm going to give you a, a pretty big compliment here. You ready? First of all, how okay. are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm braced. I'm braced. Okay, yeah, I'm okay. In this hotel lobby. Okay, so uh, the documentary is It Ain't Over, and it's in theaters now in New York and L.A. It's going to be in theaters all over the place on May 19th. Um, we'll get more details about that a little bit later in the podcast. But It Ain't Over is about Yogi Berra. And the best the best compliment I can give any movie that I see, um, it, Sean, is that when I finish it, I feel inspired. And I honestly came away after watching this documentary, and I was inspired by it. And there's a lot that goes into that. There's a lot, including... No, finding out things that you have no idea about. I, I, I profess to be a baseball fan. I profess to be, this is what my, my life, life lifeblood is, is, is baseball. Mm -hmm. But I looked at Yogi Berra in a, in a way that I never, ever thought I would look at him, but more importantly, I'll come back to it is that I was inspired, man. Like I was inspired because of the life that he led because of the story that you told and the way that you told the story. So, man, I, I'm sorry I, I, I <laughs> to lay that on you, but that's just how I felt. So. No, I really appreciate it, man. That's no, a
0: really big compliment, especially coming from uh, someone from uh, uh, New England there.
1: Well, it's yeah. Well, listen, we we can be we could be objective here. You're like, doesn't it, Yankees Yankees are good Yankees, and that's fine. And this is a great game of baseball. This is and one of the things you know, the and Sean, this podcast is baseball isn't boring. And and as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, yeah, you know what, man, like this movie, this documentary, this guy Yogi Bear epitomizes everything that we started this sort of movement, this cause for. The right. uniqueness of them, right? Um, I mean, because at the end of the day, when you talk about Yogi Berra, I can go down the list of accomplishments, and we will. But at the end of the day, what's great is how unique he was, right? Absolutely, one of a kind. I mean, absolutely. So, what when you did it? This is a this is a cliche question, but when you did the movie, what is the thing? Now, do you grow, grew up a Yankee fan? I know. Uh, You know, it's interesting. I spent my first nine years in Indiana. My second nine
0: in South Florida. So it was kind of a weird upbringing uh, for sports. I I did actually, as a young kid, enjoy the Yankees because of Donnie Baseball. Because Don Mattingly came from Indiana. He came from not too far from where I was from. So I did actually, as a really young kid, like the Yankees, but they sucked in the eighties, you know. And uh, so it was kind <laughs> of, you know. So I, I liked them, and then, um, then yeah, I kind of uh, then I ended up went to undergraduate and graduate school in New York. I lived in New York uh, for a long time through the mid nineties, and then and then and through the early aughts. So yeah, I mean, I, I did I did become a bit of a Yankee fan. I'd say, yeah.
1: Okay, so you well, I, I, before I, I I'm going to ask you this question. Put to put a in your head is like the thing that you. That jumped out yet the most when you're sort of going through this process. I having done books, that's the thing that like, I love, I love like, Oh my goodness. I did not realize we just finished a book, um, a damn near perfect game with Joe Kelly. And, and, and we're, we're interviewing all these people about baseball and Rob me interview, Joe Kelly and Rob Manfred. I'm like, Holy crap. I didn't know that about Rob Manfred, the commissioner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's always something, but before we get to that, what sort of led you to this project having if like you so said you've been in indiana florida all over the place mm-hmm. i know that you were in the military correct yes i was yep so um what led you to this project
0: you know i was actually approached uh to direct this which was kind of nice a, a, a producer who i had worked with previously my first film was a scripted film my first feature film was a scripted film called amira and sam it was a love story about an army veteran the rocky refugee set in new york city and one of the financiers on that film was a guy named Peter Soboff. And Peter Soboff is a lifelong Yankee fan. He has connections to the Barra family. Uh, and during the summer of 18, 2018, I was actually approached by him. Uh, he had just been, quote, unquote, dragged to the theater to see that Mr. Rogers documentary by his wife. And uh, <laughs> he, he went he went kicking and screaming. And he left crying. And so he said, and he uh, the very next day, he went to a Yogi Berra, uh charity golf event. And he talked to Dale Berra, uh one of Yogi's sons, and said, hey, how come yeah, I saw this great documentary about Mr. Rogers. How come there's nothing like that um a doc like that about your father and so i um you know he he you know they they said they didn't know why and they ended up um uh uh, i'm sorry here i'm in the lobby so no uh, no it's all good it's uh, all good i can hear you but but, um anyways they just they approached me and they said you know the the bear said hey nobody's ever wanted to make a doc like this before and um uh and so they they came to me and, and brought me on board and and uh you know um we were off and running. We didn't shoot until spring of 19, though, and then we really hit our stride uh, in early 2020, and uh, and then, of course, March 2020, we had to shut down for a year for COVID, so that was a bit of a, a kick, uh, but, but it did help with the edit, ultimately, and it helped with the archival because it allowed us to more time to kind of get all that stuff, and there's a lot of archival in the film, so.
1: How much did you know about Yogi before you know, the project? I
0: mean, I knew he had 10 rings, right? I knew he was, you know, for me, he came into my life as a manager, right, essentially, with, with Mattingly it was in the wow. 80s, so You know, I knew he was, um, I knew he was a catcher. I knew he had 10 rings. I knew he was like a tough guy with funny sayings. And that's, and, and that's about it, you know, and I knew he was a good player, but I didn't know. know, I think most people know that Yogi was good, but not enough people know he was great. And I think that's really what we're looking to do in this film, you know, is, is, is correct that.
1: It is so true. I mean, it hit the nail on the head. And there's a ton of 10-time 10, 10 World Series champion, 18-time American League All-Star, three-time a- AL MVP winner, and there's obviously a ton of other times where he's voted in top five in MVP. Um, the, the stat that jumped out at me about him, and, and I'm with you, I, like what you said about Yogi, I, I sort of felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Really good player. Maybe even overvalued because he played for the Yankees because that happens sometimes when you're on good teams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and also maybe like put on his pedestal or are recognized because of what a character he was. None of that, I mean, some of that's true, but none of it was a reality of what this guy was all about. And the mm-hmm. thing that jumped out at me, in MLB history, only two players, more than 350 home runs and fewer than 500 strikeouts. Joe DiMaggio and Yogi Berra, Absolutely. that's that's nuts. Like that's yeah. nut. He was he was, <laughs> and, and the way you set it up, the movie that you the way you set it up with presenting mm-hmm. the All Star Game. It was 2015, correct? 2015. 2015. Oh. Yeah, the greatest living players, and he wasn't included. He yeah. wasn't included, and having Lindsay, his granddaughter, who who I've worked with or been around a little bit this through his uh, reporting circles. Yep, and. She and she's like, I'm sitting there with my grandfather. I'm like, where? How come you aren't there? And then how you how you set it up, or how you like put the numbers next? Oh, that was so good.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Well, the stat that really gets me, uh, that's not in the film action is for those baseball folks out there, but there are only two players in the history of MLB, uh, to be voted top four of MVP seven years in a row. So think about that. That's seven years of sustained excellence, two players in the history of baseball, and it's Yogi Berra and Mike Trout. So, you know, he's not thought of, he's, he's not thought of as a Mike Trout you know, or, or in that level. Uh, and and think about Bonds, you know, you think, well, these are the guys who came close, but Yogi, I mean, it's it's insane. He was catching 150 games a year. He caught both ends of a doubleheader 100, 117 times. You know, he won 148 scoreless innings. I mean, you could go through us. He struck out 12 times in 1950 with 656 at-bats. I mean, you know, it's um, these stats are insane. You
1: know? uh, yeah, it, it really is. And you mentioned when you're talking about that, one of the, the subtle images you have in the film is at the toward the end when you have the baseball card, the baseball card that just came out, and Lindsay highlights like we just have this big because they're comparing Yogi Bear to uh, to Yogi Berra and how like this wasn't really a fair thing to Yogi. And, and in this baseball card that just came out is sort of this image of uh, a bearish baseball <laughs> player sitting down <laughs> on a log or something. And then you juxtapose it against the statuesque, as they said, superhero Johnny Bench. But I think that's the microcosm of the problem, right? Absolutely. You, you just mentioned Mike Trout. Like we, we should be mentioning this guy within the statuesque gods of baseball.
0: No, but we're not. He's like, he's like a funny caricature. Side note, you know that you know society is really has a hard time allowing people to be both funny and good. You know, uh, nobody wants uh, nobody wants the jester to be king. But you know, Yogi was both. You know,
1: so there's. One of the other there's there's so many little things in there which you know I had no idea and pe- most people would absolutely either had no idea or forget. One of the ones that jumped to mind was the day that he comes back to Yankee Stadium, uh, and and Don Larson throws a pitch to him.
0: Yeah, it's insane. I mean, you can't is, script
1: that. Oh you no, can, no, you can't script that. No, the no. producers
0: would producers throw that script out the window if, if, if it's if this so- is fictional.
1: So what, what happened was, so Darn Larson, obviously he caught the, caught the perfect game in the World Series and they reunite. Darn Larson throws a pitch and he Yogi catches it. And instead of, instead of everyone wanting him to run out and to Darn Larson and jump out, but instead he turns to Joe Jordy and he says, and Joe says, he blasted, the, will you please bless my glove? Holy mackerel!
0: I know you can't even. I get the chills. I mean, I mean, I get the chills just talking about it. And I've seen the film two thousand times. I mean, it's not. No, there are things that happen in Yogi's life that cannot be explained. You know, and I think that's why the doc is 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 striking a chord with
1: so many people. You know, and so you're 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 burying the lead because. He yeah. blesses his glove and then he catches yeah, a perfect, yeah, I know. He catches I a no know. hitter. Well, so that, I'm, no I'm hitter from keep David Yogi
0: I know. Well, I was trying to keep the spoilers out of this, but that's all right. Oh uh, 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 well, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, believe it, it, it's me. all good. It there works. Is, there it is, works. is so
1: there is so much in this. There's so much in this movie yeah. like that we could reveal a little bit here or there. No, it's it, all it's it's all good. It, it's all good. Right? It's all good. Uh, so <laughs> you know, I so I I think that one of the takeaways, well, besides like the accomplishment of this guy, you know, whether it's the war hero, um, you know, the the way he came about just becoming a baseball player, signing with the Yankees, becoming the Yankee that he was, so forth and so on. You know, I I, I love looking through the prism of what this guy would be now, right? What, I love this question, right? What what would this guy be in social, the social media era? Like, what, how would we view him? <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's really interesting to think about. He he had no filter. You know, he just said what came to his mind. But what he said was always like tapped into some sort of universal truth. You know, he, he really was this kind of like Zen master. You know, the, the nickname Yogi, you know, it got applied to him as a young, young child. But it couldn't have been any more apropos as he grew older. He really was this wise, wise, you know, kind of conduit of truth. You know,
1: it, it's fascinating. I, yeah, I think that I think that in you hit the nail on the head. One of the things you get is that you aren't going to find a more genuine guy. Even back then, nope. even even without social media, I, I my sense of that there was a you know the, the stars of the day they weren't exactly you. Know, you don't say, oh well, he's a genuine. He didn't care how he was viewed. Like this guy clearly didn't care how he was viewed. Not at because, all. because he took some he took some slings and arrows because of how he was viewed. Because you know he's a short squat guy, and yeah, so. Well, he just loved life. I mean, the stories are
0: great. I mean, this is a story that didn't make the film, so I like to tell this one to people who... You know, but uh, you know, this like childlike wonder he had. So he used to go to the same steakhouse all the time in New York City and he always got the shrimp cocktail and they gave him four shrimp every day, you know, at first, you know, every time he went, he loved it and they loved him and all everything. Well, he went one night with Joe uh DiMaggio and, and Marilyn Monroe. You know, he went with them. And then the next day he goes to the clubhouse and Marty Appel, the PR guy for the Yankees, says, you know, wanted to get the dish, wanna get the scoop. Is like, Hey Yogi, you know, how was how was dinner with Joe and Marilyn? And and Yogi like looks around, he's like marty you never believe this but when you go with joe and Marilyn, they give you eight shrimp you know so you know that's like you know i mean that's that's like the type that it's like to him the best thing in the world that they double the shrimp because you're with uh joe and Marilyn. so it's just like he just had this childlike wonder that was so beautiful you know
1: what was the thing that so i'm going to come back to the question what are the things that that jumped out at you that maybe you didn't know or that you're going through it and like wow I mean,
0: I think the thing I mean obviously the baseball stuff, how great he was, you know, really stuck out. He never struck out and, and all this stuff. But I think honestly the thing I think that's gonna jump out to most audience audience members is uh this the depth of the love that him and Clarm had the love story between him and his wife. That is really beautiful. And like, they really support each other at each turn. And this film really does play on a lot of levels, like a love story between the two of them. And so, you know, just the letters he used to write to her were hilarious and and all that. (laughs) They were, I mean, they They were were amazing. Yeah, they were amazing. So like, you know, I just think, uh, you know, he's like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Uh, you're on my mind all the time. By the way, I went three for four. You know, it's just like you can't, you can't. I mean, you just can't make this up. You know, he was such a sweet guy. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that love story, I think, will jump up to a lot of people. But, but no, I mean, the stats are incredible and, and everything I uncovered there. And just um, just his integrity, too, was really just, uh, you know, you know, in, in impressive.
1: When you're going through, and this is the documentary, and um. World that you had to live in, you have to track down these people. Yeah. You got any good stories from that? Because this is always good stories. Like, because that's, believe me, as someone who's had to do that, Uh, that could be a painful process.
0: Uh, Oh, my God. Uh, some of the well, we tried to start with the oldest first So we, we we the very you know um the the very first interview like outside well we, we marty Appel was at the at the museum the very first day of, of the book signing so the very first thing we shot was dale's book signing event. So that was the very first thing but the, the first interview we went out and shot was um vin scully at dodger state we went and got vin he was 92 at the time and so you know he has since passed you know five or six of our subjects have passed you know since since we shot this film audrey garagiola we wanted to get because she was first-hand witness to, to yogi and we try to get all the first-hand accounts we got i mean we got so many of the old-timers you know we got uh, Bobby Bobby Richardson and Tony Kubek, and Hector Lopez who passed and Bobby Brown was his roommate in minor league in the minor league so you know getting all those guys first was huge but then once you kind of tip the scales with people like Tory, you know once Tory's on board you know then you get the Jeters and the Mariano's and the you know and then we obviously had you know Guidry and Randolph and then you know to be able to get Billy Crystal obviously and and, and Bob Costas I mean these are just people who are Really, really incredible, incredible people who had nothing but wonderful. Incre- I mean, the outtakes from this are insane. You know, the outtakes from this movie are just absolutely nuts. And so, you know, we might actually end up doing a podcast for the streaming release because we're in theaters. You know, as you said, it was, hmm. we just opened theaters in New York and L.A. here on the 12th of May. But we're opening in Boston and, and all across the country. I think 20 markets across the country this Friday, uh, the 19th of May. So please get out and see it. theater, But it'll be theaters only all summer. So. Um, It won't be streaming, I think, till the fall. So, which is pretty exciting that the the fact that we're really getting a, a legitimate theatrical release
1: is exciting. All right. So, give me a good outtake. (laughs) it's a great idea i love that idea of doing the podcast doing it that way just to, and it's not gonna be crazy
0: we'll do like maybe eight or ten episodes just Lindsay and i just like picking some of our favorite outtakes but i mean you know that shrimp story is a great one marty tell uh, marty Pell told that story i mean you know billy i have billy crystal i've got 90 minutes of billy crystal in his backyard just talking about yogi I and mean, he brought a little figurine that yogi uh the yogi bear figurine uh catcher that 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 you know billy's had by his bed for his since his childhood so he's been like eight years old and he, he showed us that and we're just all these like really cool, cool things. Um, gosh, god, there's so many things to like I don't know. There's so many really funny stories. I mean, you know who's amazing, like Joe Madden actually is oh yeah, he's great. That's yeah, probably my favorite interview, honestly. Joe Madden. I mean, yes. that was insane. And he's he gets into like he's a that dude's a philosopher, man. That that dude is like that dude is like the real deal. Talk about baseball not being born. I mean, you know, oh. Joe Madden, man. I don't know if you've had him on the show. We whatever. have, is, we have, yeah. He he's incredible, man. He's really incredible. So I loved him. I mean, <laughs> you know you can make a talk about that guy so no there's just so many incredible people we got really lucky to and you know to to, to have all this and and just everybody loved yogi so it made it easier too you know
1: part of it you know one of the things i love about the documentary is that how you tie everything together and that's the challenge that's a challenge right you're going through it chronologically but you're still you want to tell the story so it doesn't feel like and then this happened and then this happened this happened at the end of the day you must feel pretty good about like how that everything sort of wrapped up together right No, absolutely. No. I mean,
0: I'm, you know, there's a, there's so many, you know, documentaries become extremely popular now on the streamers and stuff like that. And I, and there are a lot of these documentaries out there. I call them Wikipedia docs or wiki docs where it's like, this person was born. They did this, they did that. (laughs) They did this, they died. Like who gives a shit, right? Like, it's just like a lot of filler, a lot of information. And I, from day one, I was like, I don't want to make a doc just full of information. I want to make a doc with emotion, and how do you do that? And for me, I you know I'd gone to undergrad at West Point. I was a captain in the army. I, I left, um, got out of the military, and I went to grad school at Columbia in New York City. So I spent a lot of time in New York. So um, you know, another reason I was kind of you know had the Yankees on my on my brain. But when I was in grad school, you know, you learned that you know classic three act structure is something that's almost innate in humans. You know, we crave this three act structure, and and, and you go, it goes back to Aristotle. Really, if you look at Aristotle, he he always said his big theory on drama was you know there's a first act crisis there's some sort of crisis in the first act and then by the third act there's some sort of catharsis so it's this it's this path from crisis to catharsis that i was kind of fixated on throughout the whole film and this crisis being this is a someone who has been kind of like criminally overlooked and kind of forgotten as a player and this this catharsis of he'll never be forgotten or overlooked again you know and so that was so everything i put in the film kind of fed into that mark If that makes sense
1: no it absolutely makes sense and and i think you nailed in doing exactly that honestly it's yeah like i yeah, said so, it's Go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I'm just saying we had to cut like there's not a lot of Phil Rizzuto, there's not a lot of Wadi Ford, there's not a lot of there's the Astros, you know, there's a lot of stuff we you know we had to we just cut because it didn't fit it didn't fit that kind of arc, you know.
1: But I didn't mean to cut you off there. So. No, 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 no. It's it's I think that you know the heart and the meat and potatoes of of how good, not only how good this guy was. But then toward the end, when you're talking about his managing, his coaching, mm-hmm. being around, like, oh, my God, what was it about this guy? Every Everywhere he went,
0: he just won. No, he should. The Mets are losing 100 games a year. He shows up as the hitting coach. They win the World Series. I mean, it's just like, what? Like, yeah. you know, in 69. And then, and then he takes them to game seven in 73, you know? And that's when the whole "it ain't over when it's over" quote came out. But there's some controversy about that, which we get into, which I thought was fascinating actually. And then, uh, then, then he's gone, and he goes back to the Yankees. Okay, I'll go back to the Yankees, George. He comes, back, you know, George back, and they win. They went back to back. Back to back World Series in seventy seven, seventy eight. It's like what the hell is it with this guy? So it's it's really it's it's really strange. It's almost like a Forrest Gump type. Uh, it um, is you know, oh, thing. a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. When the and, and toward the end of you have the Steinbrenner stuff. Obviously, he wouldn't go back to Yankee Stadium. He said as long as George Steinbrenner um, on the team, and and how he was let go by George Steinbrenner was. I mean, you forget how crazy that was. I mean, how crazy, how crazy. So when you're going through that. And you have to talk to who was it? it was Hal? Was it Hal Steinbrenner? We did. So that yeah. was an interview. That was our last interview.
0: Uh, okay, Hal, Hal Steinbrenner, and that was, uh, gosh, when was that? That was summer of 2021, I guess. I got COVID Florida. I just remember getting COVID. The Delta was hot. Oh. COVID oh. That time. So I remember, I got I interviewed Hal Steinbrenner. That got got COVID that night. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was uh, it was interesting getting you know we wanted to get all sides you know I didn't want this to be like a hagiography I didn't want just to talk to one side I wanted to talk to everybody as you know hopefully as a good storyteller and documentarian you're talking to everybody on all sides and and Hal was really gracious with his time and and it, it was really a beautiful way that that whole you know Barra Steinbrenner story ends is kind of it ends kind of beautifully you know ultimately so
1: the um, and so the last thing Sean is that if you had to now that you get the bug now that you have the success and this thing is going to be huge it, well, it, it's <laughs> going to be it is it is thank it's going to be like I, you know, I hope it gets every award possible. I love documentaries. I'm a I'm a huge fan of documentaries. Um, I can list you my favorites. Um, what a,
0: what a couple. What a couple. Yeah.
1: Air Guitar Nation. Oh sure, sure, great. One. Uh, I mean, Man on Wire won an Oscar. Yeah, so. my,
0: my my old my 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 professor in uh, in grad in grad school, uh, Maureen Ryan produced that. Yeah. Oh
1: really? Yeah, yeah. It's and it's. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's definitely a difference between, as you said, the Wikipedia documentaries and the oh, the, the the meat and potato documentaries. And mm-hmm. and um, so having having got done this so well, and having in the in the world of baseball, is there anybody that you would say, hey, you know what, I would like to do one on that guy? We all have, you know, we all have. It, maybe it's a, an active player. Maybe it's a, a another former player. Maybe it's a team. Maybe it's a, a Something that happened, and I know that the thirty for thirties are great. You know, uh, in terms of, I just mm-hmm. saw, um, I just watched the Doc and uh, Doc and Daryl uh, thirty for thirty oh, over again. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I like yeah. that one a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, is there any, anything that jumps to mind, or maybe it's not even any sports? Is there anything that you say? Okay, you know, I've really been inch- like I, uh, Sean. Like, so I did. I've did a couple of books, and then I wanted to. I'm like, I want to do something that's sort of creative, and my idea was. I want to follow around a major league bullpen for a season because oh, it's it's wow. basically like this weird it's nothing like it in sports where you have this collection of people let's yeah. say seven or eight people and they're all from different places mm-hmm. and they're out sitting out there and and sort of you can use it as as sort of the backdrop for a season uh and anyway we ultimately did this book with Joe Kelly and I'm really happy with it but that was a book that you know, that I'm like, oh, you know, I would really like to do that book. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if there's something on your radar.
0: No, you know, well, I've got a lot, man. I mean, I'm so I'm directing two documentaries right now, and I have two, and I have two scripted features. One I'm producing, and one I'm directing as well. Hopefully, in the, one in the summer, one in the fall. So I've got four projects kind of inactive. Um, mode right now. One of them is um, I played rugby at West Point for college and um, and, and, and West Point rugby is always for 60 years. We've been in the top 10, top five most years, never won the national championship, always fell short. Well, we won it last year. So army won the national championship. So I've been following the national championship team this entire season. That's awesome. So, um, yeah. So I've been embedded with the team for a year. I got full approval from DOD and the Pentagon and just like trying to, you know, shine a light on the military that hasn't been, you know, uh, you know, shown before, you know, in in a way that just kind of really humanizes these kids. And like, they're just great, great, great group of guys. And, and so I'm, I'm really, it's been really fun. So I've got the, they're graduating and getting, they're all getting commissioned as lieutenants here at the end of the month. So I'm going to be filming. I got a six day shoot right after all this press ends up for this movie. So uh, I'm doing that. Um, hopefully, that will be coming out next year or two. Right now, it's titled Brothers, so we'll see if that sticks. Uh, distributors sometimes change the title. And then the other one I'm, I'm doing a documentary is – I'm doing a documentary on Buzz Aldrin, actually. Um, oh, really? So I've been, yeah, I've been hanging out with Buzz for a couple of years. Oh, and man. He's, he's, yeah. What a so, scene. No, nah, that's a belly <laughs> me. That's a scene. So it's been <laughs> – <laughs> it's been a lot. It's been a lot, but it's been going, It's it's been touch and go, but I, I think we're going to be able to finish it up. We'll see. I don't know. It's been tricky. It's been a tricky one. So I don't know. I mean, not in baseball. Yeah. I mean, I love baseball. Actually, I have a great, great three, great, 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 great uncle in the hall of fame. Ooh. So that's, so that's kind of Sam Thompson. He's the all-time RBIs per game leader. Oh, and wow. He's my, yeah. He's my great, great, great uncle uh and i'm um, you know direct lineage though like we still have relatives that are all you know in line and we've got photos of them and the, you know my, my mom has you know stuff from him and he um he was big sam they called him six foot four which back in the 1800s was like you know just like
1: was that street, was that uh, was that street cred for little sean and little yeah. league no <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. yeah no,
0: no yeah it was it, i don't think anybody cared about the 1800s uh <laughs> so much but, but he was uh but he was a he was an rbi machine sam thompson so you can look Come up, but uh, but yeah, so I I do love baseball. I don't know. I mean, there's no, yeah, I I know if the right project came to me for me, I'm much rather than um, a particular genre or or anything like that, I'm really interested in stories where there's some sort of conflict between perception and reality, like Mm. that's really my my that's where I can dig my teeth into so Yogi Berra was the for me just a great place to dig my teeth into this perception versus reality thing and so so is Buzz Aldrin like what is a hero at what cost heroism and you know he's you know the, the pitch for that movie is essentially you know n- no human has arguably you know reach higher highs or lower lows than Buzz Aldrin you know he's, he's battled with bipolar disorder so there's a lot of mental health stuff in there as well so like you know I'm really into that you know and then with the West point rugby thing too i think west point and rugby a lot of people have heard of both things but you know they don't really understand you know really what both those things are about so i'm trying to like you know really just enlighten people in a way that um you know kind of calls people in you know uh um so yeah those are the type of stories i'm interested well
1: i I tell you what you honestly you couldn't pick a better example of exactly what you want to accomplish of of giving the reality over the perception Mm and in a a powerful impactful and high-end way than what you did in, in, it ain't over. I mean, it's, I mean, you can't, you couldn't pick a better person.
0: Well, thank you so much, man. I really, I'm so glad, you know, and, and you know, again, having, I know, I know you can be objective up and doing that. I understand that, but it's nice to know that, uh, you know, re- you know, I'll tell you this, we premiered at Tribeca Film Festival, did really well. We ended up selling it to Sony Pictures Classics after Tribeca, but we did go to Nantucket. We played at Nantucket Film Festival the next week and I went to Nantucket, which is an island full of Red Sox fans. And we, <laughs> and we came out with the audience award. And that's when I knew we had, honestly, that's when I knew, that's when I knew we had something special we can go into nantucket we can go into new england deep you know deep in the heart uh, of you know this this island here full of red sox fans and come out with an audience award i i knew at that point i think we were onto something
1: no nah, this is this this is for every human being on the planet <laughs> i don't uh, know what better way to put it but it ain't over it's like you said it's uh it's coming out it's already in new york in los angeles it's going to be in all All these bigger markets, uh, Boston included, um, coming up on Friday, you said, correct? The 19th, yeah. The 19th. All right. So I implore everyone to see it. And uh, just remember us when you're – tell you what, I'll send you a baseballs and boring T-shirt you can wear at the Oscars.
0: (laughs) Make it a 2X. I appreciate
1: it. (laughs) All right, Sean. All Um, All right. Thank you.